G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it is great to have you listening here today. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really, my job is to help guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow in your faith all throughout the week. Today, I sit down with one of our communicators, Chris Podlick, as we talk through how not to be your own worst enemy, part two. And the full Monday for this week was to demolish every narrative that conflicts with the value system introduced by Jesus. So today, we ask you to pay attention to your narratives because we can choose to carry around false and comfortable narratives. But today, we're going to give you some really practical tips so you can destroy those narratives and begin to make your thoughts obedient to Christ. Well, Chris, I'm so excited because we are in part two of How Not To Be Your Own Worst Enemy. It's been a few weeks since you've been on the pod and it's great to have you back. I'm excited to be back, Lockie. And um, actually, in the weeks I've been off the pod, as you termed it, um, I've been on the talk. I've been on TikTok. <laughs> I was... don't know if I can get around all this abbreviation, but I'll continue. Let, let's let's keep this going. Yeah. And for those of you judgmental people who you know are too cool for TikTok, don't act like you don't watch Instagram Reels and then pretend it's TikTok. Yeah. Um, I'm. Um, I have converted to TikTok. I was on Reels for a little while, but TikTok is just a little bit better. It is. It is. It's a great way to waste hours and hours of your life. Um, but I did see, I saw this TikTok this week that was just, you know, those things where like you hear someone say it and you're like, you know, it's true, but they're just making such a big deal about it. And the thing, the dude kind of went viral and he said like, um, sharks don't know camels exist. How is no one talking <laughs> about What a random comment. Like, and I was like, it's dead set so true because sharks have no idea that camels exist. Yeah. Does that sharks don't know a lot of stuff exist. How, how has this impacted your life this week, Chris? Well, it just kind of got me thinking, you know, because we're talking about narratives and all that in this series. And there's there's a true narrative out there that a shark is never going to be able to embrace. Wow. Yeah. That's um Pretty. that's deep. I, I appreciate also your segue to bring it back to the uh the content of today's episode. As I said, we're in part two of how to not be your own worst enemy. And I think I got the words mixed up there, but it's close enough. Uh, but we're talking about demolishing every narrative that conflicts with the value system introduced by Jesus. And so uh, that's a big idea. If you want to catch up on that idea, go to YouTube and the Beyond at Home experience via Beyond AU YouTube page. Um, but in case you've still got questions, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to really step you through uh, what every stage of this narrative looks like. Is that all right to get going with that, Chris? Yeah, let's get in. I reckon we dive straight into our questions for today's episode. So, um, Chris, you made a comment on the weekend about um, people often making justifications about the narrative that's currently going on. And so I guess there's, you know, we make excuses or we give reasons why why we could continue in some certain behaviours or patterns. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to start the conversation by getting... Um, you know, from your perspective, you you have an interesting role being a you know pastor of a local church, um, and you have a lot of conversations with a lot of people. So, what are the biggest justifications that you see people making time and time again um, from what you've observed? Yeah, good question. Good question. Um, I was trying to think about this because when you sent the questions through, and honestly, I think it I think it changes from. Like it, there's, there's lots of themes, you know, often the themes are around like lack of something, you know, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough energy. So it seems to be like, there are things that lack 
Um, but to me, it's kind of, it kind of falls into two categories. The biggest justifications are usually around either external problem, external something external or an internal problem. Like, oh, it would never be my fault because of X, Y, and Z out here, and or it would never be something about X, Y, and Z in here. Um, and something I was actually talking to, I bumped into someone at a coffee shop. And we're having a bit of a chat this week. And we stum- somehow stumbled onto this conversation and they shared with me the biggest justification they've seen people. So this is not mine, but the biggest one they've seen people sharing recently is um, self-care masquerading as an excuse for all sorts of things. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, that's a good one. Because this person was sharing that, um, you know, someone makes a commitment to hang out with a friend. I'm going to cancel the commitment because I'm going to look after me, self-care. It's mm. like, well, hang on a minute. That's you can't just be a poor friend um, and masquerade it under self-care, or you can't drop your work commitments and call it under self-care. And so they kind of said, Oh, well, I think a, a big justification people use at the moment is I'm going to do it for self-care, but really it's to mask their poor time management or it's to mask their poor whatever it is. And then the justification is self-care. So yeah, that's kind of an insight that someone else shared with me this week. That's super interesting. And as you said, there's a lot of different ways we make justification. It could be in dating, could be finances, could be career. Um, I think um, you talked a little bit about finances. Like I see a lot of people um, not having enough money to give is a big one. Um, Or, you know, like I'll give when I'm earn a bit more. And that's a, we've talked about that on the podcast before, but that's a, that's a big one that I, I hear and see. I would, I would second that. I think there's like lots of excuses that Christians make for things like, oh, I don't have time to serve and, oh, I, you know, get in a group, but I don't know if I want to get in a group. Um, but then I think there's just more, more general ones as well. Like I don't have time to exercise. Um, oh, it's too hard to eat healthy. Like just lots of, lots of little ones. I think it depends on sometimes what your goals are and what um, the circle of people you're hanging around with. Yeah. That's really cool. So sticking on like the, the narrative we, are telling ourselves, um, Chris, I want to ask you about determining the narrative that we're, we're telling ourselves, because I guess the, the reality is we're all telling ourselves something and we're all making decisions based on um, some sort of narrative. And some of us, I guess, have curated that and really put a lot of effort in to, to working out what that is and who's speaking into our life and what, you know, what that narrative is. But I guess for some people listening, they've never considered this. Yep. And so I want to start right back at step one. And how do we just determine that narrative um, that, we're, that we're telling ourselves or the one that is helping us to make decisions or guide our life choices or things like that? Well, I th- I, as well for like people, I think this goes for both. Like for people who have curated their narrative and they spent some time thinking about it, I think um, one of the big things to recognize is that like our narratives are not, um, they're not impartial. Like, there's so many things that we don't have control over, like the time in history we were born and the type of family we were born into and geographically where we were born and the school we went to. There's so many things that actually play into our narrative. So even if you spent time curating it, there's always this realisation that there's there's going to be a bias um, in our narratives and, be, and being aware of it. But um, yeah, if you, if you don't know where to start, I think there's two questions that you can ask. I would ask a, a number of people. And um, I would ask people that are close to you, but also there are some people who are just like best friends, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends that are almost too close to answer this objectively. 
Um, so I would ask a wide variety of people these two questions. The first one to ask is, what do I talk about the most? Like, just just say like, hey, when you have a conversation with me, why do you just like, oh, he's going to bang on about this or they're going to talk about this? Because um, you'll start to hear some things. Maybe it's like, oh, well, you know what? You always talk about that one person at work in the office who bugs you or you always talk about that one time at school when this situation happened or um so yeah i think find some themes there because that'll give you a hint at some of the narratives and then the second one is to ask that same group of people this question what do i make excuses about um which is always always a very interesting conversation um you know could be oh yeah sorry i was late because of xyz or sorry i couldn't you know get to work out with you today or sorry, I didn't return your email or sorry, I, and just pretty much make a list of those things. Like what do you talk about the most and what do you make excuses for the most? And you'll start to see what the narratives kind of popping up in your life are a little bit. Yeah, cool. And I guess taking that next step, we want to get really practical here is how do we begin to control that narrative? Maybe even a good question is like, in what direction do we want to point that narrative or, you know, where are we heading with this um, so that we can begin to tell ourselves or have a better narrative playing in our head? Yeah. And I mean, on the weekend we were looking at like, or um, looking at two Corinthians where Paul talks about this idea of like taking control of the narratives that we tell ourselves and making those narratives obedient to Jesus. But um for me, I think the first thing is to realize that these narratives or these excuses we tell ourselves, every excuse or justification is just a, simply a desire for control. You know, like, oh, I've got an excuse because I'm trying to control the scenario. I want to justify it because I want to control and tell you why I'm, I'm not doing these things. So I think the first thing is to find out like, well, what is it that actually causes me to want to give that excuse or give that justification and, and figure that out? You know, is it a fear of failure? of embarrassment, of success, of change, of uncertainty, of responsibility, of, you know, is it a fear of making a mistake? Um, why do I find this need to always control that particular narrative in my life? Um, and, and as Jesus follows, one of the big things we're trying to do all the time is to um, let go of control of our lives and follow Jesus in those areas. So I think you know, we begin to control our narrative by trying to find out like what's that fear factor or what's that thing that's causing us to make excuses in the first place. Because I think we all know people who are um, phenomenal at not making excuses and just phenomenal. But like, you know what? I was late because I left late and um, that's on me. Um, but that at the same time also says that that person's not afraid to be embarrassed or not afraid to make a mistake. Um, so I think, yeah, figuring out what those fears are uh, can help us begin to identify the narrative we want to tell. Yeah. And then taking it one step further, how do we control that? How do we put that um, these things into practice that we're you know, telling ourselves? A, I don't know if the word is a better narrative, Chris. I don't know if that's um, helpful. I, you know, I'm just trying to get a picture of what, where are we trying to go with this? Where, what kind of narrative do we actually want to tell ourselves? And you've, you've hit the nail on the head because sometimes it's not better. Sometimes it's like actually acknowledging, oh, you know, no, this narrative that I am telling myself is accurate. It aligns with the narrative that Jesus would want to tell. Um, one of the things that Paul does in this in this 2 Corinthians passage is he uses very, very deliberate military meth, uh, terminology. So in terms of making our thoughts obedient to Christ, he's kind of saying like, 
want you to do is effectively take those thoughts and make them a prisoner of war until they become obedient to the narrative that Jesus would have us tell. So I think there's three steps in that process. The first step is to identify the lies or the actual narrative that you currently tell yourself. You know, if it's an incorrect narrative and you're trying to change it, you, there has to be a lie. So if it's incorrect, it's a lie. Um, so that's the that's the first one thing to do. Uh, the second thing you want to do is, is shift your perspective. Because if you're believing a lie, then there must be a truth. For every false, there's a truth. And so um, maybe you want to do a, a few minutes like... Um, figuring out, hey, what's the lie? Once you've identified the lie, be like, well, what does God say about that? Like, what does scripture say about that? What does Jesus say about that? And begin to shift your perspective and start to embrace the truth. And then the final thing, uh, part of that process is I would um, actually declare what's true on a daily basis. And that'll be, you know, slightly differently um, for everyone. Um, But, you know, you might say, for example, one of the truths you might declare is that, hey, I'm going to rejoice in suffering because Jesus suffered for me, you know? Um, you might say, um, you know, I'm not ashamed of Jesus because um, his sacrifice changed my life. Um, if you maybe doubt God's love, you might declare the truth. Hey, nothing can separate me from God's love. So identify the lies, shift your perspective, and then declare what's true until you begin to embrace that narrative for yourself. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Just while you're telling me that, I was thinking of a really practical kind of comparison that we can make here. Mm-hmm. And that's like your, your social media feed. And yeah. I think we all have to go through times where we just unfollow, you know, different accounts or different people um, because the narrative that they're sharing is just like, it's not something that agrees or aligns with your life anymore. Yeah. Um, for instance, like, you know, I've gone through phases of, you know, following these people that just like make millions and they're all about the hustle. They're all about like grind. And just, if you, it hasn't worked for you yet, just work harder, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I'm just like, that was just unhealthy for me to, to just continue to listen to of like, yep. Cause you know, this whole big dream of being a millionaire or whatever, I'm like, actually, I don't believe in that narrative that that's helpful. And I think it's, um, it's a similar thing to, to make your thoughts obedient to Christ is to try and go, who, who am I actually following? Like, and, and to go back to the analogy, like what, what accounts am I following? What, what am I seeing popping up in front of my eyes every day? That's, uh, determining the decisions that I'm making or at least influencing them. So I don't know if you had any thoughts around, around that and how we just, you know, almost feed our mind or our soul in terms of what we're, what we're taking in. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's, it's that idea of you've nailed it on the head, figuring out what is, what is it that actually Jesus says, you know, and we look in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And one mistake that, you know, I've been guilty of it as well is that we read about Jesus but we don't actually pay close attention to what Jesus does um, and the way that he interacts with people. And I think that's where we get the understanding of what the narrative that Jesus wants us to tell is and um, his way of looking at the world. So I think, first of all, figure that out and then try and filter out the parts of us that believes things that don't line up with that. Um, It's not saying we shouldn't expose ourselves to different thinking and different way of living. I'm not saying like, you know, lock yourself away, but it's more so you need to know what that, truth is first so that you're better able to filter filter other things out yeah too good awesome chris is there anything else you wanted to add in before we wrap up this conversation i think we've made some really good way hopefully clarify what that narrative is and talked about how we can you know determine and control that narrative so any uh, any lasting thoughts chris no no i've got nothing got nothing today <laughs> <laughs> that's so good well thank you so much for jumping 
back on the pod. I hope you enjoy your sparkling water um, for the rest of the day. And we'll catch you next week for part three, the final part of how not to be your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm.